chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And uh, we'll actually begin at verse 12. So Judges chapter 6. And uh, we'll begin at verse 12. While you're uh, turning there in your Bibles, let me just um, remind you that we're in the middle of a short series uh, from the life of Gideon. All right, we're doing four sermons from the life of Gideon. This is the uh, second sermon uh, in the series. And as we get started today, uh, you know, here's what I want you to think about. Um, you know, sometimes we get things mixed up. All right. Sometimes that happens. We just get things mixed up. Let me give you an example of, of what I'm talking about. Um, you remember the uh, restaurant in Bogalusa uh, called the Big Easy Grill? It used to be over there by um, Food Depot. And um, I know they served breakfast and lunch. I think they were open at night some. But uh, we always went for, for breakfast or, or for lunch. And so we're over there. Uh, one day for um, for lunch, and my my parents are there with us. And uh, on this particular day, I had ordered a hamburger and French fries. And so when I got my food, um, first thing I did was take a bite of the French fries. And um, they had zero salt on the fries. All right, just just bland. And so um, I'm going to salt my fries, right? You know, season them up. And um, this is what I grabbed. If you'll go to the next picture. All right. This is uh, what I grabbed. And I started pouring what I thought was salt over my French fries. And my dad happened to see what I was doing. And he was like, son, you know you're pouring sugar on your French fries. Now, sugar tastes good in a lot of things take my word for it sugar on fries is not so good all right but you know sometimes we get things mixed up um, the calling of Gideon appears to be a mix-up all right you know here here's Israel they, they have strayed from God they have been defeated and, uh, and oppressed by the nation of Israel, uh, by the nation of Midian. The Israelites called out to God to help them. And so God is going to raise up a deliverer. He's going to raise up a judge. All right, And he shows up, God shows up with, at Gideon's. All right, And if you notice in verse 12, th this, is what, this is what the angel of the Lord said to Gideon. Look at, look at verse number 12. The angel, notice how he referred to Gideon at the end of it. Uh, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Alright, so the angel of the Lord refers to Gideon as a mighty man of valor. In, in other words, the angel is referring to Gideon as a mighty warrior. But, but there's got to be a mix-up here. Somehow, the angel of the Lord got his wires crossed. Surely the angel is talking to the wrong guy. 
Because look, Gideon is not a mighty warrior. Gideon is not a mighty man of valor. If you remember from our revival, and we did this last week, we, we referred to Gideon. It's a good way to think of him as the Barney Fife of the judges. All right, Gideon said, and he knows it. Gideon knows he's not a mighty warrior because he says to the angel, look, my clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. And I love how the message paraphrase refers to Gideon. The message par- paraphrase refers to Gideon as the runt of the litter. Right? And so there's got to be a mix up, right? Gideon is no mighty warrior. Gideon's no great hero. There's got to be a mix-up. Gideon is weak. He's insignificant. But here's the thing. There's no mix-up. God's got his guy, and it's Gideon, the Barney Fife of the judges. God has got his man for the job, and, and we talked about last week that um, God's strength and God's power can overcome any human weakness. And uh, look at a verse, it's in your notes, I, I think we'll put it up on the wall, 1 Corinthians twelve nine. I, I love this verse. God said to Paul, this is God speaking to Paul, uh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Right, so God, there's no mix-up. Right, God's got the right guy, his guy, in Gideon. Now today, we're going to continue to look at the struggles of Gideon. All right, we're going we're to look at two missions that God had for Gideon. And uh, in these two missions, we're going to see Gideon's fear, and we're going to see his doubt. All right? So let's stand for the reading of God's Word. And uh, what we're going to do in our, in our reading time, we're just simply going to read through the two missions that God has for Gideon. All right? So Judges chapter 6, verse 25. All right? That's where we're going to begin reading, verse 25. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Gideon, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden images, the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement, take a second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the, with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. All right, so that's the first mission that God has for Gideon. Now let's skip over to verse 33 and read about the second mission that God had for Gideon. Look at verse 33, still in Judges chapter 6. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites, people of the east, gathered together and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and then he blew the trumpet and the Abazarites gathered behind him 
And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. And if there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the ground, and then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early in the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And so God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. All right, you may be seated. All right, so got some sermon notes in your worship folder. Two things we want to talk about this morning. Here's point number one. All right, make sure you got it. Gideon's fear. All right, point number one, Gideon's fear. All right, give you a second to get that. Again, sermon notes in the, in the worship folder. Two points we're looking at. Point number one, Gideon's fear. Uh, my dad uh, worked with a fellow by the name of James Bush. And uh, James Bush, was, he, he had a phobia, he had a fear of snakes. And so every company picnic that my dad's company ever had, at some point in the picnic, somebody was going to throw a plastic snake on the ground. And James Bush was going to hoop, he would holler, he would scream, he would jump up and down, run away. All right, Because he was afraid of snakes. Well, uh, Mr. James Bush, he lived in Pearl, Mississippi. And uh, he had a routine that he did every workday morning. Everybody that lived around him knew his routine. Even some of the police officers in the area knew his routine. He would get up between 5 and 5.30 every morning. He would go into his garage, get in his vehicle, crank up the vehicle. He would back down his driveway. He would open his door at the end of his driveway, reach down and get his daily paper. And then he would drive up the driveway park his vehicle, get out of the garage, go into his house. He did that every workday between 5 and 5.30, all right? And again, all his neighbors knew his routine. Even some police officers knew that that was his daily routine during the work week. Well, one night, the, uh, the police in Pearl were called um, out, and they ended up killing a snake. All right, and it was a huge snake. All right, like six, seven, eight foot long. I mean, it's just a massive snake. And the police officers, instead of disposing the snake, they thought they would play a practical joke on James Bush. So they went to his house in the middle of the night. They opened up his car. They laid the snake across the front dash. All right, with the tail. Hanging down. Next morning, Mr. James Bush, between 5, 5.30, he gets up, he goes to the garage, he's still groggy, he cranks the car, he starts backing down the driveway, 
And about halfway down the driveway, he sees the snake. And of course, he starts hooping, hollering. Um, I'm pretty sure he got out of the car with it, with it still in gear. All right, But he was afraid. That, that was his phobia. He feared snakes. All right. Well, we're going to talk about fear for a few minutes. All right. We're, we're going to look at Gideon's fear. And we're going to talk about our fear, all right? So if, if we go back to verses 25 through 27, that's the first mission that, that God had for Gideon, all right? And, and, and on this mission, um, he's supposed to tear down the altar of Baal that's in the village, all right? So here's Israel in this village they're worshiping a false god. All right? and, and by the way, Israel's biggest problem in the book of Judges is not their enemies like the Midianites. The biggest problem for Israel is their sin. All right? They are worshiping false gods. All right? And so this first mission, God says to Gideon, All right, tear down the altar, build a new one, and let's restore proper worship of God in Israel. All right, now to his credit, Gideon did what God wanted him to do. But if you notice in the text, when did Gideon do it? He did it at night. He did it in secret. Why? Because he was afraid of his father's house. He was afraid of the men in the village. He, he was afraid of what they would think of him. Gideon was afraid of, of what they would do to him. All right? and, and look, Gideon's fears were realized. Because when he tore down the altar, built the new one, restored proper worship, the next morning when the people woke up in the village, they demanded to know who did it. And they found out it was Gideon. And um, man, they wanted to kill him. People in the village wanted, wanted to take his life for what he had done. All right, and so with this first mission with Gideon, it's kind of a mixed bag. All right, he acted in obedience. All right. But he also acted in fear. So let's kind of stop right there and, and think about our own lives. You know, when, when God calls us to do something, when, when God wants us to do something, what fears do we have? Maybe we have the same fears as Gideon. We're, we're afraid of, of what people are going to think of us. Or, or maybe we're afraid that people are going to treat us differently. When God calls us to do something, when God wants us to do something, what are our fears? Maybe we fear rejection. Maybe we fear failure. Maybe we fear, maybe we fear that we're just going to be a big disappointment. We're going to disappoint people, we're going to disappoint the church, we're going to disappoint God. So when, when God calls us to do something, 
When God wants us to do something, what fears do we have? And look, to his credit, Gideon, he, had, he acted in obedience despite his fear. All right, and I, I think what happens to us a lot of times is that our fears paralyze us. Our fears immobilize us from serving God. A lot of times, we don't act in obedience because of our fears. And uh, before we move on to the next point, I want to just share with you three verses that uh, I hope we can find encouragement in to overcome our fears of serving God. So let's look at them. Um, The first one, we'll put them up on the wall. The first one is 1 John 4, 4 from the New Living Translation. Look at what it says. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. Look at Luke 174. Look at this verse. It's also from the New Living Translation. Look at this. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. And then look at 2 Timothy 1.7 from the New King James Version. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So Gideon. First mission, we see it speaks to us. Let's move on to the second mission. All right, look at point number two in your sermon notes. Make sure you got this. Uh, Gideon's doubts. All right, Gideon's doubts. All right, so we got fear and we got doubt. All right, so make sure you've got point number two, Gideon's doubts. Make sure you got this. Um, Before the NFL season started, um, most analysts predicted the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. After a heartbreaking loss two years ago, after getting robbed last year, most analysts said, hey, the Saints... This is their year. They're going back to the Super Bowl. And that looked good after the first game when we came back to beat the Texans. And if you go to the next slide, this happened. Drew Brees goes down. He's hurt. And uh, he's going to miss multiple games. All of a sudden, Saints going to the Super Bowl, there's a lot of doubt over that. You know, the timeline for Breeze's injury is six to eight weeks. And uh, this is one of those, I was talking to a guy who talked to a guy, all right? So take it for what it's worth, all right? But this, this past week, I was talking to a guy who had talked to a guy who had the same injury and the same surgery that Drew Brees had. And the guy who had the surgery, this is what he said, 
I don't know how Drew Brees is going to be able to grip a football in six to eight weeks. So you think about the Saints' season. There's a lot of doubt about it right now. Even the timetable for Drew Brees' injury, coming back from injury, there's a lot of doubt. All right, And uh, that's what we want to focus on for the next couple few minutes. We want to focus on doubt. All right. So the second mission, and, and this is uh, beginning in verse 33. All right, the second mission is, all right, Gideon, it's time to fight the Midianites. And remember, this is the, this is the nation who had defeated, they had oppressed Israel for seven years. We talked about this last week, that every year around harvest time, the Midianites, along with the Amalekites and other armies from the east, they would come into Israel, they would go through Israel, and they would destroy every crop in Israel. Well, it's that time of year again, because the armies of the Midianites, the Amalekites, the armies from the east, they are amassing. All right, And so it's time for Gideon to fight. All right, God says to Gideon, hey, it's time to go. And so Gideon, he sounds the alarm. He asks for troops. And we, we're going to learn in the next chapter that Gideon gets 32,000 soldiers. 32,000 soldiers. All right, well, the Midianites, again, we see this in the next chapter, their army is 135,000 soldiers. All right, so, so we got the Midianites, 135,000 soldiers. Gideon's army, 32,000. Look, it don't take rocket science to figure out that Gideon is outnumbered, he's outgunned, he's outmatched. And look, Gideon, all of a sudden, he has a lot of doubts about the battle. And so he puts out the fleece. If you look at verse 36, look at what it says. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand as you have said, look, I will put out the fleece. Now in verse 36, you might want to circle that word, if. That one tiny word. That one word, if. That shows the doubt. If you will save Israel as you said you would, I'm putting out the fleece. All right. If the hopefully I got this in the right order. If the I'm, I'm you know, I could have it backwards. If the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, all right, God, that's the sign. God did it, all right? And so Gideon a second time, he says, all right, God, I'm going to put out the fleece again, but this time we're going to reverse the order. Fleece is dry, the ground is wet, I'll know, all right? So Gideon, he, he puts out the fleece. And, and the key is in, in verse 36, that one word, if. That shows his doubt. And look, this is not the first time that Gideon had doubted. 
Now, this is not the first time in this chapter that Gideon had expressed doubts. Um, if you go back to, to verse 13, um, you know, in verse 12, the angel has said, you know, hey, Gideon, God's with you. In verse 13, Gideon says, well, where are the miracles? All my life, Gideon says, hey, I've heard about the miracles that God did. You know, the people of Israel, they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. All these miracles in, in Egypt. But where are the miracles now? So in verse 13, we see doubt from Gideon. If you go back and, and look at verse 17, look, the, the fleece was not the first sign that, that Gideon asked for. In verse 17, he asked for another sign to confirm the word of the Lord. You see, the point is, all through this chapter, Gideon has doubts. He's questioning God. He's asking for a sign. All throughout this chapter, Gideon has doubts. And the root of Gideon's doubt, he didn't take God at his word. God's word was not sufficient for Gideon. As one commentator put it, Gideon is not content to simply trust the Lord and take him at his word. Gideon wants some kind of tangible proof that he can see with his own eyes that this is God's will. In other words, Gideon is not willing to walk by faith. He wants to walk by sight. All right, so the second mission we see Gideon with a lot of doubts. Um, what about us? You know, when it comes to serving God, what are our doubts? What are our ifs? What, what if I don't know what to say? What, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't have all the answers? What if I mess things up really bad? Is, is God really going to do what he says he will do? Is God always going to be with me? Is God always going to stand by my side? Can God really use someone like me? And look, the root of our doubt is the same as Gideon. We don't take God at his word. His word is not sufficient for us. You know, our, our mantra, our motto, I'll believe it when I see it. That's how people in our culture feel. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But look, that's not how faith works. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 in your notes. We'll also put this verse up on the wall. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You see, a lot of times with God, we have to step out in faith, and the seeing will come later. Let's get one more verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? And again, our doubts, a lot of times we, just, we don't take God at His word. 
I'll believe it when I see it. That's not how faith works. So here's Gideon. God has two missions for him. And we've seen his struggles today. His fear. His doubt. And um, you know, I'm so glad that God didn't give up on Gideon. Today we thought about our fears, our doubts, and I'm thankful, I'm thankful that God doesn't give up on us. You know, God, God can use us despite our fears. God can use us despite our doubts. We just got to put our faith and trust. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to have a time of of invitation. I just want to ask you, how's God speaking to your heart today? Um. Maybe when it comes to God's will, um, what God wants you to do. Maybe you're consumed by fear. And fear has paralyzed you. It, it won't let you move. It won't let you act. Maybe today you just need to come to this altar. And, and pray about your fear. Maybe you need to come pray with me. Maybe you're sitting out there and, you know, when it, again, when it comes to God's will, what God wants you to do, it's, it's not fear, but it's doubt. Doubts about yourself. Doubts about God. Maybe you found encouragement today. God, we got to walk by faith, not by sight. The mantra of our culture, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. doesn't work with God. It doesn't work with God. It doesn't work. That's not how faith works. Maybe today you need to come to this altar and just pray about your doubts and pray them away. Give them to God. Maybe you need to come pray with me. How's, how's God speaking to you today? How do, how do you need to respond today. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this time to look at the life of Gideon. And and Father, we can really relate to his struggles. Um, Father, we have a lot of the same feelings that that Gideon had. Fear, doubt. And uh, you didn't give up on Gideon. God, you don't give up on us. And uh, we got to move past our fears. We got to move past our doubts. Father, we've got to trust you. We've got to act. Father, for those that need to respond today, Father, I pray they won't put you off. I pray they won't leave here without getting right with you.